0: Go ahead and turn with me to the book of Exodus, chapter 14. We're going to get right into the Word of God. Amen. Exodus, chapter 14. Appreciate the presence of the Lord that was here this morning. Helped us, moved in in mighty ways. And just believing once again here tonight, He's going to help us, encourage us. And that's my prayer, that you leave this service, amen. And not that anyone would say, oh, that was a, a good word, or that was this or that, or whatever the things are. And those are great and wonderful. But that someone could say, I've been changed, I've been encouraged, I've been freed, I've been delivered, and that's our desire. I know that's your pastor's desire, not that he would receive accolades or anything like that, but just that someone could come to know Christ in a greater way than when they walked in these doors tonight. Amen. Can we make that our desire tonight as we enter into the Word? Exodus chapter 14, verse number 5 says, and it was told to the king of Egypt that the people fled, and the heart of Pharaoh and his servants was turned against the people. And they said, Why have we done this? We have let Israel go from serving us. And he made ready his chariot and took his people with him. And he took six hundred chosen chariots and all the chariots of Egypt and captains over every one of them. And the Lord hardened their heart, of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and he pursued after the children of Israel. And the children of Israel went out with a high hand. (coughs) But the Egyptians pursued after them. All the horses and chariots of Pharaoh and his horsemen and his army. And overtook them in camping by the sea beside Pharaoh before Beelazoth. And when Pharaoh drew nigh, the children of Israel lifted up their eyes. And behold, the Egyptians marched after them. And they were so afraid, and the children of Israel cried out unto the Lord. And they said unto Moses, listen. Listen what they said to Moses. They said unto Moses, because there were no graves in Egypt, hast thou taken us away to die in the wilderness? Couldn't you just have left us there? Was there not? We're going to die out here in the in the wilderness now. Couldn't you just have left us there? Were there not enough graves? Wherefore hast thou dealt thus with us to carry us forth out of Egypt? Is not this the word that we did tell thee in Egypt, saying, "Let us alone, that we may serve the Egyptians"? For it had been better for us to serve the Egyptians than that we should die in the wilderness. My, what a place they were in. Can you imagine the despair that they were in to say this, We would have been better off just serving and being servants and slaves where we were. Verse 13, And Moses said unto the people, Fear ye not, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will show you today. For the Egyptians whom you have seen today, you shall see them again no more forever. The Lord shall fight for you, and ye shall hold your peace. And the Lord said unto Moses, Wherefore criest thou unto me? Speak unto the children of Israel that they go forward. Amen. My, what a word. This place that the children of Israel were in, this predicament that they found themselves in, in such despair and such turmoil that they would even desire to turn and go back into slavery. Tonight I want to preach to you for a little while this thought turn the page. Just turn the page. Father, I thank you, Lord, for your word. I thank you for the spirit that's here tonight, for this body that's gathered together on a Sunday night. Lord, I pray that you would open the windows of heaven and pour out your spirit upon us tonight. Lord, I pray tonight, anoint my mind, my body, and my soul, God, that I could speak your word and that your will would be done. We thank you. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You can be seated with the help of the Lord. Turn the page. Amen. We read in that verse number 15, the Lord said unto Moses, Wherefore criest thou unto me, speak unto the children of Israel that they go forward. Move ahead. Go to the next page. Hebrews chapter 5 verse number 9 says, and being made perfect, he became the author of eternal salvation unto all them that obey him. Then Hebrews chapter 12 verse 2, very familiar scripture says, looking unto Jesus the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross despising the shame and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. I've come to Tell you here tonight that God, Amen, is the author of your life. Amen. God is the author of our life. Though we might look sometimes, Brother Heath, at our life, and wonder what is all the craziness that is going on? Uh, what is all this mess that I found myself in and, and all of this? It seems that there's there's no direction, there's there's nothing here that could be planned or of purpose. Uh, we must recognize tonight, uh, as it says here in Hebrews 12 and 2, the author and the finisher of our faith. Amen. Now when we speak of authors, uh, there are many that may come to your mind, but I just jotted down and looked up the most famous one uh, that I could think of off the top of my head. Uh, But William Shakespeare, when we think of of Shakespeare and we look at some of his uh, accolades and some of the things that he accomplished, uh, he wrote 39 plays. 154 sonnets, three long narrative poems, and many other verses. His plays have been translated into every major living language and are performed more than any other playwright. He is arguably, arguably, the most influential writer in the English language. He wrote many that we know, including Julius Caesar, Romeo and Juliet, Hamlet, as well as many others. Yet there is someone greater who even had written the life story of Mr. William Shakespeare. You see, there is a greater author. And I love, as I read that, as it said, he is arguably the most influential writer in the English language because I believe there is someone who is greater uh, influential, that is the greatest author that I have ever known. And I know him personally, amen. I never met William Shakespeare. I've never seen him. I've never felt uh, or been in his presence. But you see, this other author... uh, him and I know him quite well uh, and many of you here hopefully all of you do uh, and that is this man Jesus amen uh, the Lord God Almighty that is the author uh, and the finisher of my faith uh, amen he wrote the life though Mr. Shakespeare has many great things that he accomplished uh, and many great writings and he's won many awards and even still today uh, his writings are used uh, on a daily basis there is nothing uh, more influential than the word of God uh, the lives that have been changed uh, and touched all over Over the world simply because the hand of God pinned the life of Christ. Pinned the plan for all of eternity. But not only tonight did God pin eternity. Not only did he write the word of God which we read from tonight. And we have the privilege and the honor to carry with us. Amen. You know we're blessed tonight that we have the Bible. Amen. Many of us here, we don't recognize how blessed that we are that we can simply open the word of God. We can pull out our cell phone. I think I've got four or five different Bible apps on my, my iPad and my cell phone. If you go into my house, I could sell you a Bible because it looks like a Bible store. Because every time I see one, oh, that looks pretty. I'm going to buy it. Oh, I hadn't seen one like that. Oh, I like that. Here's a new study one here. I mean, we've got Bibles. Man, I could give to a third world country a Bible and I think every child would have one. But we've got Bibles at our disposal. Amen. But yet we see that all over the world, there are still countries, there are still places uh, where they do not have the Word of God. We are blessed, amen, that we have the Word of God. But even greater, I want to tell you here tonight uh, that God has penned your life story, amen. God has wrote out. uh, I tell our young people in our Sunday school class, uh, every Sunday morning, they probably get tired of hearing it, uh, but I never let them leave without telling them this thing. uh, God has a specific plan for your life. The moment that you breathe your first breath and you open those lungs and begin to cry out and you came into this world and your mother held you in her arms, God said, this is the plan that I have for that child. This is the perfect will that I have for their life. And he began to write, Brother Chris, uh, this is what I desire for their life. This is who I desire for them to be. Uh, This is where I desire them to go. Uh, This is the places they'll go, the things they'll do, the things they'll see, the great things that they'll accomplish. Uh, But can I tell you tonight uh, that we must be willing to follow the will of God. We must be willing to follow the plan of God and to allow God to work and to move and direct our life. There is an author that is pinning each page every chapter of our life. Think about this tonight. He has planned and he has ordained for you to move forward in him. Amen. He has planned and ordained for you to move forward in him. Not just stay where you are. See it's an amazing thing about water. (coughs) As long as water is moving it stays relevant. It stays pure. It stays useful. But when it stops moving is when the impurities come in. Is when the things come in that manipulate it, Brother Heath. The things that make it useless. Think about that. If we want to be useful for God, can we just stay right here? Lord, I got saved. I got touched. I gave my life to you. That's enough. That's not what God has for you, church. That's not what God has for you. His desire, just like the children of Israel, is that we would go forward. Amen. Not that we stay here, but, Brother Destin, uh, my life is great. God has brought me to this place. Uh, Everything is going great and everything is fine. That's wonderful. Amen. But there is so much more than what you think. Uh, There is so much more than you could plan uh, and purpose in your own mind and your own life. Uh, That's why God is the author of our life. Uh, If we begin to write, I'm going to tell you right now. If I wrote out my life story, it would not be probably how it is right now if I would have wrote it at a younger age. I'm going to tell you, and there's, there's some of you here that have known me a while, you would say I wouldn't think it either. I would never, never, never in my life think I would be a principal of a Christian school. Amen, Brother Chris? <laughs> she said, me neither. Man, that's your kid. I didn't hear my father-in-law amen, but he was probably amen and over there too. I would have never in my life, I wasn't even a good student. Not really all that smart with some of the stuff. I walk by some of those kids to help them and I go in there. This is on live stream, I'm going to get in trouble. I walk by to help some of them and I'm like, okay, keep that flag raised. Dr. Garcia will be by here in a minute to help you out (laughs) and carry on. It's a funny thing the way that I told y'all this morning, I'm transparent. It's a funny thing, the way God works things out. I remember in school, I was terrible in math, like many, most people. In geometry, I failed geometry. Did terrible in it. And I I remember going to my guidance counselor's office, and she said, well, you you don't need it anyway. I said, I'm never going to use that in my life. Never going to use that. What in the world do I need to do with that? I'm going to drop it. I just don't even need to take that. Sister Mildred, and I dropped that because I was never going to use it again in my life. Then I, worked, I went to work with Brother Wade building cabinets. Guess what we did every day? Geometry. Then I went and became a plumber. Guess what we do every day? Geometry. It's like when I made that statement, the Lord said, <laughs> See, I mean, we, we can write out the plan that we think our life is going to be. We can write out, well, this is what I'm going to do. And that's great. You young people that are in high school and and you're in grade school still, and and some of you young adults that are still uh, getting your life figured out, that's great. Make plans, amen. Make make a plan for your life and and, and set a goal in your life to accomplish. uh, But always be submissible to the will of God. Always be willing to say, God, uh, this is what I desire to do. This is where I'm going to go with my life. But, Lord, if you change it, uh, if you got other plans, that's all right. I'm going to follow your will. I'm going to follow your plan. uh, But the key is tonight... We must keep moving, move forward. We cannot stay stagnant because if we stay in this place just like water, that is where the impurities, that is where the harmful things can come into our life. But Jesus desires tonight, the Lord desires that we would move forward. He is writing out. If we are not careful, we come to the place where the pen moves from the paper. Stuck. Or lost in the page that we're in. If we're not careful in life, and sometimes we get so caught up in all the things that are swirling around us and the issues and the problems, that all of a sudden, we become stuck right where we are. Lord, I can't move forward because I've got issues, I've got problems, uh, I've got things here. This big word that I, for some reason God has been, that just this word uh, has come to me so much in the last two to three weeks or so, uh, but this word comes to our minds, discouragement. Anybody ever been discouraged before? Every one of us will probably raise our hands because if you've never been discouraged, then are you living? (laughs) Amen. Discouragement. Discouragement is such a tool of the devil, and we can look and see that discouragement is everywhere today. Not just for God's people, not just for the Christian, but just in life. Discouragement is everywhere. Discouragement in our health. Amen. We're still fighting with the, the, the things that came from COVID. We're still fighting with different sicknesses that come. I, I'm telling you what, I have heard more people in the last probably six months that have that have been diagnosed with cancer than I've heard probably in my whole life. Amen. Discouragement over health situations, uh, over this discouragement over finances. Uh, I don't know if you've noticed or not, but everything is getting more expensive. Except, and everything is raising except for our pay. Amen. Everything else is going up, but that's staying the same. And it can get discouraging when you're figuring the bills and you're trying to find where this is going to come from. It gets discouraging when you see these things. Maybe discouragement in your marriage. Maybe there's things coming from health or finances or whatever it is. And discouragement is in your marriage, in your home. Maybe discouragement in your life, in your walk with Christ because of things that have come. It's so easy. It's easy to become discouraged, but the thing is tonight, we can't become blinded by this discouragement. We can be discouraged. We're going to get discouraged. There is no way to not get discouraged in this life uh, if you are living for God, number one, and if you're a human, uh, because there are things that are going to come into life that are going to discourage this flesh. That are going to discourage. Does it worry God? Does it discourage God? No, it doesn't. Him, uh, but our flesh, our humanity uh, in us, if we get our eyes on the things of this world, it's easy to become discouraged. But you see, there's, there's a funny thing about this word as I begin to look this up. But you, we look and we see that there are two different uh, wordings of this word, courage. There's discourage, which means you have taken the courage away. And then there is encourage, which means you have added courage too, right? But as I was looking at this word, discouraged, that means to have discouraged, that means you had to have it in the first place, right? I mean, if you've become discouraged, at some point in time you had the courage, Brother Chahada, to accomplish what you were there for. But something come along and took your courage away. Something come along and took it away. And when we become discouraged we can become blinded by what we're trying to accomplish. Several years ago, about Nine years ago, I decided I was going to join the volunteer fire department there in Livingston. <coughs> I have no idea why. I still don't know why. <laughs> well, in Livingston, it's a volunteer department, but they, they put us through because we're the biggest one in the area there. So we have a fire school. We, we train other ones. And they put us through six months of training, and you have a year of probation before you even get voted on. So it's, it's a big rigmarole to, to get on this volunteer fire department. Well, we get on there, and we're going through all the things, and we're, they give us gear. We're putting out fires in our, our training facility, and they're teaching us all the different things. Well, at the very end, and I feel good. I'm doing good in this training. Everything's going great. I feel like I'm doing good. We get to one of the very last things, and I don't know if I've shared this here. Some of you have heard about this, but uh, we get to one of the last things, and they have this thing they put us through called The Box. And for that, What a name. I wonder who named that. The Box. And for those of you that have known me for a little while, you know that about a year and a half ago, I was that wide. I was about 125 pounds more than I am now. So at this time in my life, I was about 315, 320 pounds. I a big boy. And we go up to this box, and we're in our full bunker gear with air pack. Uh, we, we've got everything, the, the full air pack, our helmet, our bunker gear, everything on. We go up to this box, and it's two foot by two foot. fours and in the middle oh that's not the best part in the middle they put a bar they drill a hole through it and they put a bar so there's really only about 18 inches of clearance under and you have to crawl in this box in full gear crawl through it and crawl out in full gear and I'm looking at thing and I'm like it's impossible (laughs) I'm two foot wide I can't without gear. I can't go through that. Yes, you can. Well, the other two boys in training with me were little. They got in there. They got it figured out. Well, I watched them, and I got encouraged. I was like, okay, they did this. I can do it. Okay, they, they got in the corner there and used the angle and did this and all that, and I said, okay, I got it. Well, Brother Chad, I got down there, and I got down on the ground, and I got ready to crawl in, and my, my helmet was hitting the top of that box and shoving my face into the ground never knew I was claustrophobic until this moment in my life. Shoving my face into the ground. And every time I tried to go in, it was shoving my face into the ground. And I got, I got about that far in there. My legs and everything are still hanging out. And my face is shoved in the ground. And I just started spasming. And I got out and I said, I can't do it. It's impossible. It is impossible. I can't do it. I'm too big. It cannot be done. And I stood there and argued with them for 45 minutes. And they said, well, this person did it. This person did it. This person did it. You can do it. But, Brother Chris, I was discouraged. I had courage. I said, I can do it. But something came along and stole my courage. But what do we have to do when we lose that courage? we got to find it somewhere else. We can't just stop. I mean, at that moment, I was ready to quit. I said, I guess I can't be a fireman. If I got to get through this, if this, and I was like talking to them like, really, You're gonna, how many times in life situation am I going to have to crawl through a two-foot box? Come on, guys. And they're like, well, you got to do it or you can't be on here. And I was discouraged. I was mad. I was frustrated. And all of a sudden, an older gentleman, about the same size as me, says, watch. He gets down, full gear. He crawls through, goes under the bar, comes out on the other side. And I'm just like, show off (laughs) so then I got encouraged I started out with courage I got discouraged but then I found my courage in someone else as he began to go through, as he began to do it, and I watched what he did, and I got in that box, so, amen, and I, I started going and got in that angle like he did, got to that bar, got my air pack. Had, you got to take your air pack off, slide it under the bar. You go under the bar, put the air pack back on, and come out the other side of the box, amen. And as I was going through there, Brother Chad, I, I just kept thinking, if Yancey can do it, I can do it. I kept saying it in my head, Yancey showed me he did it, so I can do it. And I began to push through, but we can we, we can get discouraged in life, amen. There are difficult situations that come to us every day. You face problems every day and the devil says, this is it, quit. You're going to die. You're going to be done here. God can't do anything. Can't get you out of this. But we can look to others. We can look to those that are around us. We can look to the Lord and be encouraged. The Bible tells us that as David, we know the story as David went out and he was battling that the enemy came to Ziklag and stole all of his family, took his wives, his children, burned it to the ground and they came back and the people wanted wanted to destroy David. They said that they wanted to kill him because they blamed him. But the Bible says, uh, but David encouraged himself uh, in the Lord. Amen. He began to encourage. uh, You might be discouraged here tonight. Uh, You might be stuck on this page uh, saying, God, how can I get past it? When the Lord is just saying, be encouraged and just turn the page. I've got more for you. I've got something else for you. We must come to the realization tonight that hell has no persuasion and no authority in my future. Amen. Hell has no authority in my future. He cannot tell me what my life is going to be. The devil cannot tell you uh, where you are going to end up. Uh, He cannot tell you you're going to fail. He cannot tell you you're going to fall. He cannot tell you because he's not writing your life. He's not writing it. He has no authority unless we give it to him. The Lord is the author and the finisher of our faith. The children of Israel were in Egypt for 430 years. And 400 of them, they were slaves. Talk about discouragement. We're the chosen of God. We're God's people. We're not supposed to be here. Some of us here may have that mentality. You've been stuck in the same problem. You've been fighting the same same battle for how long? The same heartache. But God told me tonight as I was in prayer, don't give up. Just turn the page. This is not the end of the story. There's another page that I'm writing for you. This is not the end of the book. I have so much more for you. Amen. I have something greater for you than what you have. Sister Linda, I share about Brother John with nearly everybody that I know. This one thing that I remember about Brother John Rich. Number one, I don't think I ever heard him pray for himself in these altars. I would be so encouraged when I'd come as just a teenager. And I'd come up to these altars and I'd kneel down right in here and all of our youth would be. And Brother John would come and he would just come right behind us. And he'd stop, touch Dustin, meet every need in his life. Touch Chad, meet every need in his life. Lord, touch Scott. Lord, touch Haley. He would go through all these young people and just pray for these others. But I remember going to y'all's house. I used to mow their grass and the Clendenin's grass a little. And Brother John actually gave me a nice little push mower, self-propelled mower that I could use doing that. And we had bought one of y'all's drum sets. He sold us a drum set. And I still have that drum set. Brother Danny had bought it and gave it to us. And I remember coming into y'all's house and Brother John said, come here, I want to show you something. Went in there, and he had bought that new drum set, and it was set up. I mean, it was decked out. I was probably 18 years old, somewhere around that, and I walked in there, and the 18-year-old and me just kind of looked at it, and I was like, it was beautiful. I was like, oh, man, this is amazing. And I, I just kind of stood there, and I looked at him, and I remember I said, Brother John, I don't want to be rude, but why did you buy a new drum set? I thought he sold us that one because he, he couldn't play them anymore right then. And he did not miss a beat, and he said, because when God heals me, first thing I'm going to do is play that set. When God heals me, first thing I'm going to do, I'm going to get out of this chair, and I'm going to play that. And if God would have healed him, I'm going to tell you what, he'd have been in there beating on them drums. He would have played all through the night, playing on those drums. He, you see, he was looking at the next page. He said, this chair is not the end for me. This, like, I believe that God can heal me. Amen. I believe that God can work. I believe that God can do this. And we know that this is not. We cannot be discouraged. Even though it looks hopeless. Even though the doctor may tell us there's no healing. There's no hope. Even though they might be calling saying, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take your home. Or you're going to lose your job. Or whatever it is. God's saying, just turn the page. Just turn the page. I've got something greater for you. Don't be discouraged in this life. Don't be discouraged in your despair. Don't be discouraged, for God is writing your life story. God is writing it. In 1950, there's a woman by the name of Florence Chadwick. She became the first woman to swim the English Channel both ways. You may have heard this story of her. In 1952, she decided to swim from Catalina Island to California, which was about 22 miles. I would die. If it was over one mile, I would die. Probably half a mile. (laughs) 22 miles. She said, I'm going to swim it. The day that she chose to swim, she woke up that morning getting ready, and it turned out cold that day. It was chilly, and the fog began to roll in. She got in the water, and she began to swim. And She swam. She swam and swam for 15 hours straight. She swam. She looked up. She couldn't even see the boats that were going alongside. That's how foggy it was. She couldn't even see the boats that were beside her. And after 15 hours, she finally said, please get me out of the water. I can't go anymore. I can't make it. It's impossible. And her mother was in one of the boats beside her, and she said, you can make it. You don't have much further to go. You can make it. She swam a little bit further, but ultimately she said, I can't make it. I can't make it. She stopped swimming. They helped her up into the boat. And she climbed into the boat. She could see in the distance. She was less than half a mile from the shore. And her words were, if I could have just seen the shore, I would have kept going. She was blinded in her discouragement. Church, we can't focus on the page that we're on right now. We can't help where we are right now. You might not be able to help the situation, the place that you're in. You might not be able to help, and there's hopeless everywhere, but God's saying this is not the end. This is not all there is. See, I've already started on the next page. You've got to get through this. I've got something greater for you, but you've got to get through this. You must go through this to prepare you for what's on the next page. You must go through this, but you have to turn the page day in and day out the children of Israel fought for their lives don't be discouraged don't be dismayed god has it under control amen he's the author and the finisher of our faith i went into a store the other day my my pastor owns a window washing business <coughs> brother jacob washes some windows around Beaumont, and i do i do lufkin and and livingston there and i went into a store the other day i was washing the windows and and uh I went in to collect payment, and I walked in and I asked the young lady. She was probably around my age or so, and maybe a little bit older. But I asked her. I said, "Hey, how's your day going?" So I told you, you could tell she was not having a good day. And I told you this morning, I'm that annoying guy that's going to get a smile out of you or something. I walked in, and like you know, people be there arguing. I'm like, "Hey!" I walked in. I said, "Hey, how's your day going today?" She goes, "Hmm." And I said, and "I said, well, praise God." <laughs> she looked. She gave me kind of this look, like, "What?" And uh, she said, "It's not good." And she just went went on this spiel, and I was the only person that was in there. She said, "I'm not sleeping good. I'm not this, and I don't know. I don't know this lady. I see her once a month, and she just began to. I'm not sleeping good. I'm this. I'm depressed. I'm this. I'm that, and the other. And uh, everything is getting expensive. I can't even afford to get my kids' clothes for school this year. And And, and I'm working 50, 60 hours a week. And and I'm uh huh. And I'm just listening. And I, oh yeah, uh huh. Okay, okay." And she went on and she said something, and all of a sudden it just pricked my heart. She said, I've gotten where I don't even want to wake up in the morning. I don't want to put my makeup on and get dressed and go to work. I just want to lay in the bed all day. I don't want to do anything. I'm just so depressed. Why come to work? I work to pay bills and can't afford to do anything else. That's what she's telling me. She said, I just don't, I don't even want to get up. I don't want to do anything. And, she, and I looked at her and I said, well, it sounds like you're battling some discouragement. And she just kind of gave me that look like, well, duh, I just told you all my problems. And I said, I said, so I thought this was on Friday. I think it was Friday. And I told her, I said, well, you know, I go through discouragement sometimes too. And I face those things. I said, you know what helps me? She said, what's that? I said, I just turn me on some good music and I begin to praise the Lord. She looked at me like, okay. And I said, I'm not kidding. And so I begin to tell her some of my story. Begin to tell. Her, I said, "Well, you know, several years ago I lost a child." I have a child with special needs. And every day we face battles and things of this. And the devil tries to discourage me. And there are days I don't want to wake up because the devil's telling me the problems I'm going to face that day. And and this situation's going to come. And you're going to fight this devil. And you're going to fight that devil. But in that moment, I begin to praise God. And I begin to thank him. Lord, I thank you for who you are. I thank you for where you brought me from. I thank you for where you brought my family from. I thank you for what you're doing, what you're going to do. And I told her, I said, if I was you, I would go home and I would find me some good music. And I, I told her a couple of songs that I like I said won't you turn on this one song there's a song I love uh, my kids have started singing it and uh you might have heard it on the radio but it's that I'm so blessed I'm so blessed got this heartbeat in my and she said but I don't feel like that I said I know but when you begin to praise the Lord in the middle of that struggle and you begin to realize that you're blessed uh, even though you're going through trouble the devil does not know how to fight that he doesn't know how to fight a saint of God that's going through a problem in a situation uh, but can God, I praise you for who you are. You know what you told me before I left that place? I'm going to do that. And I said, well, you do that. Next month when I come in here and see you, I'm going to check on you. And I'm going to ask you again, how you doing? Hey, Amen. We can't become discouraged and just quit. We can't. We can't just quit. God is telling us there's more for us. But we have to turn the page. We have to move on. We have to carry on in this life. You might be tired of the page that you've been on days that you don't want to wake up because you know what's waiting for you. Defeat, depression, bitterness, regret. But God is saying, just turn the page and see what I have in store for you. I promise you, the story is in your favor. I promise you, the story that God is writing for your life is in your favor. He doesn't just sit down and say, well, I'm going to ruin their life here. I'm going to cause sickness to come here. I'm going to make them lose their job here. I'm going to see what kind of trouble I can get into. No, that's not the God that I serve. The story is in your favor. Do we face those things? Yes, we do. Do we go through problems and struggles? Yes, we do. But I can tell you tonight that that's not the end of the story. We must be willing to say, God, what's on the next page? God, I'm going to get through this. I'm going to move forward to see what you have planned for my life. Thirteen years ago, I walked into a church backslid, tired of life stuck on the same page stuck in the same predicament stuck in the same old thing wondering what am i doing i was called to preach at 13 years old filled with the holy ghost i'm supposed to be doing something with my life what am i doing where am i at depressed didn't even want to live was about to lose my wife she was pregnant with our child I was going to lose everything because I had fallen back into sin and into the world. And I became so depressed and so distraught that I didn't even want to live anymore. But I remember walking into church and the Lord just telling me, there's more than this for you. Laura, there's more than this. Sister Brenda, I've got more than this for you. You're not following the pages that I've written for you, Dustin. You're trying to write your own story. You're trying to write your own book. Why do you think you got yourself into this mess? Because you veered off the pages that I had written for you. You stopped what I've written and began your own thing. God's telling us tonight, church, we must be willing to follow him and turn the page to see what God has planned for your life. God has more for Victory Temple. God has more for your life. He has more for your family. Amen. God's done great things here, but this is not it. Amen. I don't believe this is it. I don't believe this is all he's going to do. I'm believing my faith that one day you're going to pull up to this church building, and it's going to be so packed, you can't even walk through the doors because people like you are willing to say, God, what's on the next page? Okay, Lord, what's on the next page? Okay, what's on the next? God, what more can I do for you? How much more can I do? See, the problem in life a lot of times, especially... Oh, man, I'm going to sound like an old guy when I say this. I don't want to sound like an old guy. And I'm sorry, young people. But the problem with the younger generation, and this is including my generation too, because I see it in people my age, nobody wants to work. Amen. Any business owners or hiring managers in here? Amen. <laughs> nobody wants to work. Brother Udy gave me a good amen back there. He wasn't talking about you, I don't think. <laughs> but it's true. Nobody wants to work. And that's in everything. Just give it to me. Just give it to me. That's it. But The Lord desires for us to do more than what we're doing, church. We got to work for him. We have to work harder now than it's ever been for the church. We've got to work harder to reach this world than we ever have before because sin is everywhere. It's everywhere in this world. And it's becoming more normal than it's ever been in this world. We must work while it is day. The Bible tells us, for there is coming a day where no man shall work. We must work. You want to reach your loved ones? Turn the page. You want to reach that family? Turn the page. You want to see what God has? Don't stay where you're at and just say, Lord, this is enough. But God, what more can I do for you? What more do you have for my life? I'm hurrying tonight, Uh, hallelujah, God, give us the strength to be willing to just turn that page. God, I believe tonight is speaking to someone, maybe bound by sin, your marriage is failing, finances in shambles, depressed, uh, fearful, whatever it is. Uh, And he's saying tonight, it will not always be this way. It will not always be this way. Just turn the page. I have greater things for your life. I have greater things for you. They said, "Would it have not been better if we died?" <laughs> they would have all stayed on page one, they would have just stayed there. See, what do we miss out when we're not willing to move forward in God? What do we miss out on? What do we miss out on the things that God has for us and the great things that God I tell people all the time, there is nothing greater than doing what God created you to do. No, no greater feeling than doing what God created He put me on this earth. To minister for Him. And there is nothing greater than doing what God created you to do. But what would they have missed out on? Had they said, let's just stay right here in Egypt. They would have never seen the parting of the Red Sea. They would have never seen the parting of the Jordan. They would have never seen manna rain down from heaven. They would have never seen the providing hand of God. And all the great miracles and wonderful things. Church, what are we missing out on? By staying on the same page. What is God wanting to do with your life? But we're not willing to say, Lord, I'll I'll turn the page. We're stuck in the same old thing. Stuck in the same place. He said, go forward. Go forward. Go forward. Move forward in something. You know, some of you here tonight, as the musicians prepare to come, some say, well, it's easy. And I've had people excuse me, people that don't know me, I go to different churches and different things, which I try to share our testimony everywhere we go, but I've had, I had somebody tell me one time, they said, it's easy to preach it behind that platform, preacher, it's easy to talk about not being discouraged, it's easy to, to do that, you're a preacher, you don't face hard things, I also have the tendency do not say amen, Danny, to be a smart aleck. <laughs> that is one of my downfalls, <laughs> and I do not remember where I was, and I wouldn't say where I was if that was the case, anyway. But I can't remember where. I, but I remember somebody telling me that one time, and I just kind of went <laughs> real loud, right? To <laughs> they looked at me like, well, it's real easy to 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 preach it behind that pulpit. Being a preacher, being a minister, because you don't face the things I face. You don't go through the things that I go through. It's easy to preach it. It's easy to say it. But there are days where I've got to wake up in the morning and decide, am I going to turn the page? See, not too long ago, for some reason, as I said, I'm not that kind of person, but I I don't know why. I, I mean, I know it's the devil. Because like I said this morning, sometimes he'll he'll find new ways to fight you, new ways to battle you. But I woke up, and for some reason, a realization just hit me. And I've known this, and and we know it every day and all this, but for some reason, a realization hit me. As I was getting ready one morning, and, and it just hit me that one day, I could wake up, and Logan's not here anymore. Because I've read about his diagnosis and microcephaly and the ailments that he has. There is a chance that his lifespan is not a full lifespan of of a normal human being. Around the 30s is what they say, you know. And for some reason that morning it hit me that one day I could wake up and he's gone. One day I could wake up, and, and then sometimes it'll hit, well, he's going to be with me his whole life. He's going to live with us. He's never going to, you know, sometimes those things just come to you. He's not going to be able to have a family. He's not going to be able to carry a job or all these things. And, and that, that depression wants to sit in, and it wants to come in and plague my mind and just lock me into that page. And when I woke up that morning, just ruined my whole day to say, well, you're not going to get anything done today. And that realization just hit me. But you see, as I said this morning, we can be discouraged or we can be encouraged. Because in those few moments, I mean, in the span of probably like it seemed it seemed like an eternity. But within about 15 minutes, the devil told me I'm going to lose my son, told me that he's going to be on his own. You know, this fear came in. My life. What if something happens to me and to Brittany? Who's going to take care of him? Who's you know, my, my in-laws are getting old. My mom's old. What if they're gone? What if we're gone? Who's, that fear began to come, and just, I was crippled in those few moments, and all of these questions, and all these worries, and all these things started coming to my mind, and I was discouraged. But in the span of about 15 minutes, all this happened. seemed like eternity, but all of a sudden, I just started saying out loud. I closed my, my bathroom door so I wouldn't wake anybody else up, and out loud, I started saying, they said he would never walk. I just said that out loud. They said he would never walk. They said he would never talk. They said he would be a vegetable for the rest of his life. They said his brain hasn't grown. He'll never learn. They said he'll never. And I just started saying all these things. They said this, they said this, they said this. And then I just started repeating You're a liar. You're a liar. You're a liar. See, we can be crippled in that moment. Are those things a reality? Yes, it it could be that that is what is written in the life story. and I I can't help what is written there, but I refuse to be crippled uh, by the devil. I refuse uh, to remain on page one uh, out of fear of what's on page two. Uh, I refuse to stay in today uh, out of fear because I serve a God that's bigger than anything the devil can bring. Uh, I serve a God that's bigger than cancer, that's bigger than microcephaly, it's bigger than cerebral palsy. That's bigger than despair and depression and anxiety and worry and fear. He's bigger. But the devil would love for you to say, I'm just going to stay right here. Because everything's good. Everything's settled. I know what's going to happen here. But God's saying, that's not it. Just turn the page. Just turn the page. You see, I've got faith. I've, I've also had the realities and the dreams, I remember waking up one morning, I'm hurrying here. I don't know why I'm saying this. This ain't in the notes. This is free. But I remember waking up one morning as well. Now, I think it was in the middle of the night because I woke Brittany up. She wasn't happy. And I had this dream, and Logan was preaching on a platform. He was sharing his testimony. He didn't have any crutches. He wasn't walking differently. He was just... He was, I just had this vision and he was up there. He was sharing his testimony on that platform. And I remember waking up and I said, Brittany, Brittany, I think the Lord just showed me his future. I said, I'm claiming it as a vision. I'm claiming it. I'm claiming it as a vision. That's what God gave. That's his future. One day he's going to be on a platform. He's going to share his testimony of what God is. See, the devil trying to cripple you and try to stay stay here. But if that's the case, if I stay here, I'll never get there. If I stay right here, I'll never get to that place. We cannot be crippled in the today. God's saying, just turn the page. The children of Israel had a decision to make that day. Am I going to stay right here? Or am I going to follow the Lord and move forward? God is writing your life. He's planned it, He's purposed it, and He's ordained it for you tonight. But we've got to be willing to follow it. Lord, lead me in that way. Stand with me tonight. Hallelujah. Lord, I thank you for your spirit. God, I thank you. God, for what you said here tonight. Lord, I pray right now. God, if there is anyone that is in this place that is dealing with despair, depression, God, if they're dealing with something that has crippled them and disabled them and discouraged them in their life, Lord, that they fought battles, as I just said, where they don't want to get up. They don't want to move forward. They don't want to do anything because the enemy has crippled them in the place where they are. God, you see tonight every heart, every life. Father, I pray that discouragement would leave. God, it would flee in this presence, that it would flee in your presence tonight, and that encouragement would fill this room, God. Lord, that right now in this building, that the encouragement of the Lord, that the praises, uh, they sung that song, God, i never lost my praise. I've lost a lot of things in this life. I've dealt a lot of heartache. I've had a lot of problems, a lot of situations, but there's one thing in this life that I can never lose, and that's you, God. Lord, I pray tonight that you would make that evident in this room, God. Flood this place with your love, with your joy, with your mercy. Hallelujah. Tonight, tonight church, we've come to tell the devil that the page that I was on tonight when I came into this building is not going to be the same one when I leave. The same page. I might have come in facing struggles. I might have come in facing problems. But tonight when I walk through those doors, I'm turning the page. I'm turning the page to move forward in the things that God has for me. Tonight church, if you're, wearing, if you're ready to bury that thing in the Red Sea and walk away victorious. Come to these altars. Come to these altars. Let it die on the page behind Just Say, Lord, I'm willing to move forward. God, I'm willing to move forward. These altars are open tonight. If that's your desire, can we come? Can we lift our hands? Can we worship the Lord and say, God, help me to move forward in you.